Grab your seat if you can. Man, it is good to be in the house with you. What is up, Transformation Church? Welcome back to the house, guys. Together again. I, I just want you to, I missed you guys. Like, I missed you. It's been crazy. It's been crazy season. Come on, online. Give our online campus a what's up. Come on, thank you for joining us online, everybody. It is just so good to be back together again. I know, listen, there's been so much that's taken place in the last several months. This year's been crazy. And, and uh, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness to continue to engage uh, as you have throughout these last few months and continue to give generously. And uh, first service, we had our missionary from South Africa here. He's stuck right now in America. His family, wife and two children are in, in South Africa without him for the last like three months. And he doesn't know if he can get back there until actually um, next year. And so, I mean, there's some crazy stuff going on, but you, you guys, you've stayed engaged, you've supported, we've been able to give to missions like never before, we're, we're feeding 100 and something plus people per week right now that come in and grab food, and so thank you, um, just thank you for your generosity, we were able to continue to rearrange some of our, our technology and buy some cameras, and we were building an online production booth that's going to go upstairs so we can continue to mix uh, production for online. So again, all that, your faithful generosity and engagement have allowed us to continue to progress forward in the mission and vision God's given us. And so we've seen thousands of people online come, uh, come and watch our church, and we've also seen uh, hundreds of people just say yes to Jesus or prayer or engage with us. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to jump into the book of Jude and um, I just want to say, I, I'm so, just so pumped up to be here with you, you know? Y'all glad to be back? I know we, everything's kind of sanitized pretty much, and we got social distancing. We had, first service was packed out. Come on, so we're, we're the bunch that are like, let's go, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so we're still being wise and all that, but I just, I think that uh, more than ever, um, this book that I'm going to open up today, it's a tough book. It's the book of Jude, and uh, a lot of people... Um, don't really do a lot of Bible studies in the book of Jude. Many people skip the old book of Jude, right? It's like kind of like a weird book, a little intense book. And uh, Jude is actually the vestibule or the entryway to Revelation. It's the, it, it sets us up structurally for the book of Revelation. And so um, the person writing the book of Jude, his name is Jude, and uh, he is the half-brother of, of Jesus. He's the brother of James, the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, James and Jude and some other uh, uh, guys and girls were the half-brother of Jesus. I don't, I don't want to break anybody's theological or denominational understanding, but, but, um, but Jesus had brothers and sisters. Mary wasn't a virgin forever. So the, the Virgin Mary was not always the Virgin Mary. And uh, I might have just shattered some of y'all's upbringing or de, you know, denominational understanding. I don't know. But, but, but they, they, Jesus had some brothers and sisters. And, and she was obviously a virgin up till Jesus was born. And then her and Joe were married. And her and Joe got it, got it going, right? So, so point is, uh, they had children. And um, most of Jesus' brothers and, and sisters did not believe in him until after he rose from the dead. And so Jude comes into the faith. And he's writing to us. Um, and he's given us a, a specific reason that he's writing. We'll look at it in verse 1 through 4. I'm just going to deal with verse 1 through 4 today in the New King James and in the Message Translation. Um, he says that, I wrote to you to exhort you, to exhort you. The word exhort is actually this militaristic term. It's actually, uh, in the Greek, has a connotation of a, of a general giving direction to a military force, giving, giving a charge and a challenge to an army before they go and take on a battle. And so Jude is writing to exhort. Jude didn't want to write this. He didn't want to write it. It's the only author we see in the Bible that actually changes his mind with divine inspiration. They were all divinely inspired, but actually, let me say it this way, divine pressure. 
to change his topic. He actually just wanted to write this little letter about a devotion of our common salvation. He says, he goes, I wanted to write to you about just our common salvation and how good it is. And he goes, but I was persuaded. I was pressured. I was compelled to exhort you to contend for the faith. And he gives us this, this trumpet call. This is what it says in verse 1 through 4. It says, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Bondservant means slave attached to Jesus. Connected for life, the bondservant of Jesus and brother of James, to those who are called or summoned, who are sanctified, means beloved or set apart special by God the Father, and preserved, those carefully watched and guarded. Do you know that you're carefully watched and guarded by Jesus? Those that are carefully watched and guarded in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I wanted to write you a little devotional. I found it necessary. That word necessary is like I was persuaded, I was pressured to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of God into lewdness or license and deny our Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying, I, I came to you to con, for you to contend, for you to fight for the faith. The word contend is combat, fight for the faith. This is what the message says. Jude, I, Jude, am a slave to Jesus Christ and brother to James, writing to those loved by God the Father, called and kept safe by Jesus Christ. Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Come on, isn't that a message that we need right now? <sighs> Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Rest. Everything's coming together. I, I, like, I just felt like this was the, the word as, as we came back together. I don't know. God kind of orchestrated this was the book that I was going to be in. I planned it for an earlier series. But, but like with the world coming unglued, like this word right here, rest, everything is coming together. <laughs> when we feel like everything's being torn apart, Jude's saying, hold on. Everything's coming together. Open your hearts. Love is on the way. Can anybody use a little love today? Look at a couple people say, love is on the way. He says this, dear friends, I've dropped everything to write to you about this life of salvation that you have in common, that we have in common. I, ha I have to write insisting, begging. I was compelled. I'm begging you that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and cherish. What has happened is that some people have infiltrated our ranks. Our scriptures warned us about them who beneath their pious skin are shameless scoundrels. Their design is to replace sheer grace of our God with sheer license, which means doing away with Jesus Christ, our one and only master. Say, our one and only. Say, my one and only. My title for today is my one and only. Let me pray real quick. Father, thank you for you being our one and only. Thank you that you came, you died, you, you rose again. You're the one and only that we put our faith in. You delivered this gospel to us, this faith to us once and for all. There's no other gospel. We don't turn from the gospel of grace. We thank you for grace, that Jesus, you did all the heavy lifting, and you are our one and only. We fight, we believe, we combat for the faith in you, what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. You will return again, and our faith is in you, God. We believe that it's all coming together in you. We give you glory and honor today in Jesus' name. Amen. 
my one and only. Come on, anybody got the one and only thing, flavor, favorite, fit, whatever it might be, your one and only go-to? Come on, ladies, any one and only pair of shoes that you go to? You know what I'm saying? I know you got more than one, but like you got that go-to, like when all else, you know, has failed. Come on, anybody, you got a one and only fit, that outfit, that one and only flavor, one and only restaurant, anybody, one and only favorite? Uh, it's like, have you ever ha been asked to deviate from that one and only and how, like, the, do you know the feeling of that? Like how, it just, it's just bad when you're asked to deviate or leave that one and only standard, right? It's like when you're a Mac user and someone makes you use a PC. Uh-oh. Sorry, I know I'm, I'm taking off some PC people. I know, I know PC, he's leaving right there. <laughs> I had a guy tell me one time, he goes, PC just means personal computer, sir. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's right, you know. But, like, my wife uses a PC. I mean, when I go to use her PC, like, my whole world, I'm like, I don't even, my fingers, it won't work. I'm like, do I go up? Do I go down? I'm swiping stuff. Nothing's working on the, on the trackpad. I'm like, ah, I can't compute life right now. I hate all computing. I'm yelling at her from, my, from her office. Why do you have this PC? I don't know if you feel that kind of pain, but it's like, that's my standard is, is Mac. It's like, you know, or maybe it's like your go-to Starbucks. Come on, anybody for some Starbucks? And you're looking for a Starbucks, and all they have is caribou coffee. <laughs> I just want to give you some advice. Don't, don't ever drink a coffee named after an exotic reindeer, okay? It's just not, you just don't know what kind of flavor that's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, you know, it's like, you know, I love Chick-fil-A fries. Anybody, Chick-fil-A waffle fries, that is the standard. We shall not deviate ever more. Somehow they talk you back into McDonald's fries and you reminisced about the days when McDonald's fries were the best hot and salty and it was great. But then you go have them again and it just tastes like fish filet grease for some reason. It's like I can only taste fish grease when I eat McDonald's fries from now on. I hope I put that into your mind and you switch over to Chick-fil-A. It's the one and only. There's a lot of one and only's. There's a lot of standards. Chipotle, somebody, the one and only. Like how did we end up at Qdoba? That word, it's like, is that even a word? Chipotle. Like, I don't want to be sad at Salsaritas. I want Chipotle. If anybody works at Salsaritas, I love you. It's like, man, that's my, I own one. I'm sorry, I love you. Like, come on, I'll build that up next week. It's, it's, it's this, this is one and only, when I deviate from the standard, with the, from the flavor, from the fit, I'm, I'm disappointed, I'm disoriented. And Jude is saying, when we deviate, when we lower the standard from Jesus and from that faith, and we exchange the standard, and we, we actually get away from that faith and don't combat for that, our world is disoriented. Like, things begin to disintegrate, and we're dissatisfied, and we're here, we're here to understand that the faith in Jesus was delivered once for all. He's the one and only. And in a, in a society, in a culture, when we're being pulled to so many other things, Jude is encouraging us and exhorting us to fight. He says, I want you to fight. I want you to contend. The word contend is combat. I want you to get into this hand-to-hand -hand combat for the faith in Jesus. And how many of you know that in this hour right now, I mean, look, the whole world was ending for a few months, and now we're back. <laughs> Yay. You know, and thank God, but like, like, these are some times to contend, right? These are some times to fight for what we believe. Everything's trying to take what we believe. And, 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 and if Satan, hear me, you can write this down. If Satan can't steal your faith, he will get you to lower the standard of your faith. 
A lot of times he can't steal our faith. He'll use everything to steal our faith. He's been using the news and, and political divides and, 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 and prejudices and racism. I mean, I mean, there's so much, I mean, uh, there's so much divide over the statement Black Lives Matter. Like, really? Like, uh, there's a great comedian that said, like, we're arguing about Black Lives Matter. Like, we're just starting at matter. Like, there's a controversy around matter? <laughs> I mean, just, here's the thing. I know there's different political movements and things that take and, and take it in different directions. I mean, there's things that say, make America great again. There's a lot that goes into that thought. Like, you know what I mean? We don't all just buy into that. There's, there's Black Lives Matter. We don't, there's movements and stuff. But just saying Black Lives Matter, why is that divided? Like, we're not, we're not you know, building the, that, that, that movement. We're just saying Black Lives Matter. I'm just, my point is, there's so, you've bought into so many voices and so many platforms and so much rhetoric, you can't even agree around a godly statement that, who cares about whatever movement? Our movement's Jesus. Who cares about that stuff? We're going to contend for the faith. I just want us to get back to the fight. And if Satan, if Satan can't steal our faith, he'll get us to lower our standard of faith. He'll get you to put your faith in you. He'll get you to put your faith in your job and your wisdom. He'll get you to put your faith in your movement. He'll get you to put your faith in your political party. Do you know that Jesus is praying for people that you wish would shut up right now? <laughs> Jesus is praying for people that you don't like right now. Uh, he'll, he'll get you to put faith in social justice. I mean, listen, can I tell you that we're on a fallen planet? And it is going to get darker and more divided if we don't unite as God's people around the gospel of Jesus Christ and the grace of God. We, we are in a fallen world. I mean, can I, social justice is not going to fix our planet. I had a friend, Mary Bailey, she sent me a great thought, a great dissertation on social justice. That doesn't, that doesn't fix our planet. Yes, we, we, need to, we need to be involved and we need to activate our faith and we need to stand up and we need to, be, we need to take action in things. But, but the, the thought of this, that there's just going to be, something's going to fix it on this planet. The thing that's going to fix it one day is us speaking up for the things of God and Jesus putting his feet back down and bringing us all together. And we'll fight with every fiber with our, of our faith to make that a reality while we're on this planet. And we've got to fight. The devil doesn't care if you... Listen, the only thing Satan fears is faith in Jesus. He doesn't fear if you have faith in, in some, some religion. He doesn't fear if you have faith in your good deeds or your good intentions. Some of us, some of us lower our standard to our intentions. Lower our standard to our good deeds. Lower our standard to our, our, our generosity and our giving into some movement or some organization or some church. The standard of, is Jesus. My one and only is Jesus. Satan fears faith in Jesus. And you and I are called to contend for that. Jude says contend for the faith. I think at this hour we got to contend. You know what we got to contend against? I think more, more than ever we got to contend against complacency. Come on, God's people, army of God, coming back together in the middle of this pandemic. Not being, we got to, it's easy. It was easy for me. Come on, how many, how many Netflix shows can I watch? <laughs> I just spit on you, Travis. I don't have, I don't have Corona. And I don't have a mask. I'm fired. I might as well just licked you in the face right then. 
<laughs> My wife, that's why I don't watch shows on that. That's why I like movies, because they end. It's got a hard stop, right? My wife's like, let's watch this show called Bosch. It's like 82 seasons later. I'm like, I can't keep going, you know? <laughs> How, how, many, how many of you know we have to fight against complacency? We've been locked up. We've been, it's time, I think, as a church, even this, what God's doing, a new level, a new standard, a new rattle, a new noise, a new worship, a new sound, a new, a new vibrance, right? We've got to fight against callousness. I'll be honest with you, as your pastor, like it was easy for months on end, not being together like this, like it's easy for the heart to just get callous, be like, what's the point? Like the world's ending. <laughs> Let's watch another Netflix show. You know, it's easy to get callous. It's easy to get guarded and get your heart callous. I think we have to fight against that. I think we have to fight against the chaos of culture. Jude's saying to combat for the faith. He says this, some people slipped in and they turned grace into license or lewdness. They, they actually denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people teach, oh, if you preach grace, people are just going to sin and do whatever. That's not what Jude's saying. Let me give you some Greek here. I don't always do this, but the original language when it says that they turned grace... Into license, it means this. It's metatithemy. Metatithemy. It means actually to transpose two things, one of which is put in place of another. To transfer, to change, to transfer oneself to be transferred, to go over or pass over, to fall away or desert from one person or thing to another. So what it's saying is that these men came in and they actually transposed grace for something else. They actually didn't have the one and only faith in Jesus and grace and salvation through faith by grace. And they actually began to think that works could do it or legalism could do it or they could do what they wanted or they could live according to the flesh. And they, that they actually, but it wasn't because they preached grace, it was because they got rid of grace. They turned from grace, they transposed grace, they put something else in grace's place. They jumped over grace. They deserted grace. They transferred grace. And Jude is saying, listen, I need you to fight for the faith that was once delivered to you, that, that salvation comes through grace by faith in Jesus, and he's the one that fixes our life. That he actually has power divine, to divinely intervene into our hearts and to make a change from the inside out. That he did the heavy lifting. That you can't change your life. That you can't fix yourself up. That you just have to be broken on the rock of God and go, you know what? I need your help, Jesus. That's what he wants us to contend and fight for. He goes into all these weird things in the Old Testament. There's some heavy things. He talks about angels and the archangel Michael fighting against the devil for Moses' body. I'm not going to get into all that because, man, that's some heavy stuff. And he gets into to just Sodom and Gomorrah and sexual sin and all these people that went away from grace and actually experienced destruction. But he starts off with an example, and I think it hits home. He starts off with God's people, the Israelites, and how they were delivered from Satan. They were delivered from Pharaoh, that the blood of God went onto their door. The spirit of death went over their house, that the Egyptians and the satanic rule actually died. But God's people were delivered from the spirit of death to go into a new promise and a new life and a new land because of the blood of God. That's what's happened by the blood of Jesus and our faith in that blood. Death has passed over our life. We'll never experience it. We have eternal life now, not then. And, and, and as we get that eternal life, we're delivered into a new life, a new vibrance, a new experience. They get delivered out. They go into the wilderness. They have an 11-day journey to get to the promised land. They walk up to the promised land. You know the story. They send out 12 spies. 10 spies see giants, 10-foot giants. They freak out. They come back. They say, there's 10-foot giants. They're too big. Our faith can't fight them. We want to go back to Egypt. And so, so 
the place of where they were delivered from bondage, now they say, we actually want to settle for being non-delivered. We're actually willing to settle for addiction. We're actually willing, I know you delivered us, Jesus, but we're actually willing, I know your grace has power and that you've done all the work, but we're actually willing to settle for slavery in Egypt under satanic rule. I know that you set me free, but I'm actually willing to settle for flesh and sexual sin. I know that you set me free and delivered me from bondage, but I'm actually willing to go back and settle for slavery. Here's what I want to ask you. They saw 10-foot giants, and they got scared. They couldn't fight with their faith, so they wanted to go back to bondage. What area of your life is God calling you to fight 10-foot giants by faith, but you have settled for slavery? I know there's areas in my life where God said, I've called you to be free. I've called you to be delivered. I've given you the power. I've given you grace. I've given you faith. This faith once delivered for all mankind, I've given it to you. Why are you settling for bondage when you could fight giants by faith? Come on, I want, I'm here to tell somebody here that you faced a giant and you've turned around and you've gotten scared, but you've got the faith and the faith that God's given you to fight that giant, to stand up and not settle for Egypt. We're not going back to Egypt. Look at somebody and say, I ain't going back. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to lower the standard. That's what they were doing. They lowered the standard of grace. I'm not going to go back to Egypt. I'm not going to go back to hatred. I'm not going to go back to anger. I'm not going to go back to worry. I'm not going to go back to depression. I'm not going back to fear. I'm not going back to racism. I'm not going back to prejudice. Come on, somebody. I'm not going back to pride. I'm not going back to greed. I'm not going back to laziness. I'm not going back to not getting involved. I'm not going back to just attending church. I'm not going back to just sitting and watching. I'm not going back to being angry at my mom. I'm not going back to being angry with my parents. I'm not going back to being a victim. I'm not going back. I've been given a faith that's been delivered once for all. I'm not going back to whining. I'm not going back to complaining. I'm not going back to thinking it's everybody else's fault. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to financial chaos. I'm not going back to doubt. I'm not going back to addiction. I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm just here to tell you, don't settle for slavery when you've been delivered to faith once for all. I'm not going to exchange grace. I'm not going to lower my standard. Jude gives all those examples. They're crazy. And he says they've lowered the standard and destruction and, and, and disorientation is set in. And it happened then and it happens now. Here, here, here's a thought. Many of you have quit fighting and quit combating because you've exchanged grace for something lower. And, and, and listen, I when it says they exchange grace for lewdness, hear me, it, it doesn't just, lewdness doesn't have to be some horrific demonic sin that you're entrenched in or some little Buddha you've got set up at your house. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you're not, you might not be humming in your closet, you know what I'm saying, to some candlelight. I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 what, it, what he's saying is you've, you've, you've exchanged grace for some lower standard. It could just be your own opinion. You've exchanged grace for your own preference. You've exchanged faith and grace for your own sin habit. You've exchanged grace for your own political policy and your political party. You've exchanged grace for your own fear. I'll never be free. I'll never be strong enough. You've exchanged grace for doubt. or You've exchanged grace for your own experience. I've been through this and this and this, and God can't understand. And if he did, I wouldn't still be here. You've exchanged grace... And faith of God for what you've walked through. And that's what he's saying is lewdness as well as the other 
big, horrific things. I, I just want to ask you, like, we're not going to settle. I don't want to exchange the standard. Grace is simply Jesus showing up and revealing himself to us. Like, we need grace, the grace of God. I need the grace of God in my life, man. We're called, listen, more than ever, we're called to fight for the faith of the gospel. I'm not talking about with all the divisions and all the political popular things right now and all these things. We're called to fight for the faith in God and fight for each other. This should be the most unified room on the planet. And I just, I know Satan wants to demolish and devour us. And I, I think we need to talk to each other. Where's my brother Robert? I don't know if he's in here. Is Robert in here? I don't know if he's, if Robert, if he's back here. I, I, was, I was talking with my friend Robert this morning. We were just talking about different things. He's talking about empathy and understanding. This awesome, awesome black brother that goes to church here. Brilliant man. I said, teach me, help me, walk with me. Let me learn. So there's concerns on this and that. There's concerns about this movement and that movement. And, and we'll probably get involved in, in some talks together in the next few months, especially during the election season. But, but I just think there's so many things that we, we allow to divide us and rip us apart because we don't even talk to each other. We don't understand each other. We don't have empathy. We don't... It's like I was telling my wife, like, you know, I'm getting a little bit off track, but she's looking at me like, yep. <laughs> I just think, listen, just don't, let, just don't let some political agenda on either side of the aisle drive your faith and what you fight for. Let's, please hear me. Let's, let's let Jesus drive what we fight for. Okay? And Jesus was the biggest human rights activist on the planet. Okay, he was the biggest civil rights act activist on the planet. And, and so let's fight for what Jesus fought for. Jesus was controversial. He went against the politicians and the, and the religious leaders. And he, and he went and loved people that people had discounted and discredited and, and, and ostracized. And so let's fight, for what, let's fight for that faith, right, guys? I, I think that we need to, to not exchange grace. I think when grace shows up, it reveals Jesus. And I, and I, I want to say this. Don't lower your standard. Do not lower your standard of faith. Uh, here, here's, let me give it to you like this. I, I'm not that great. Any basketball players in the room? Come on, we got any basketball? Anybody good at basketball? Show of hands. Come on, a couple people. Look at this right here. Can I just tell you, can I just tell you something? Like, like the standard goal height is what, Chris? Ten feet. Standard goal height is 10 feet. I think this is like maybe four feet. I don't know. Three. If I didn't have a microphone, I missed my shot first service because I had a microphone in my hand. And I'm not a basketball player because my basketball coach in high school told me, do not shoot, Jamie. Just set picks with your body. So I was really a football player on the basketball court. So I didn't shoot, right? But, but like on this goal right here, I was pra I've, been, I've been practicing. Like I, like I could just, I mean, oh, I can't even make a goal with that. I, <laughs> you know, I can go through the legs, whatever, and slam dunk that I, all day long. Listen, all day long, I will take you to school on this goal. I'm an MVP on three feet. Here's the thing. Some of y'all are an MVP on the wrong standard. Some of y'all have lowered the standard so much. You're an MVP on the wrong standard of faith. You're an MVP. And you're high-fiving yourself, and you're dunking, and you're taking everybody on. You're like, I've got it. I'm so good. And you're like, yeah, you got the wrong standard. 
The standard's 10 feet. The standard's fighting 10-foot giants. The standard is Jesus. Grace is Jesus. Like, listen, we don't, this is the standard, not some works trip to become what Jesus is, but to allow him to let us know that we ain't up to his standard. Grace reveals my need for him. Grace reveals my hope in him. Life reveals my need for grace. Marriage reveals my need for him. Parenting reveals my need for him. Prejudice reveals my need for him. George Floyd reveals my need for him. Come on, come on. Every battle reveals my need. Every giant reveals my need for him. I don't lower the standard to get some self-confident high five. I would rather struggle on a 10-foot standard than succeed on the wrong standard. I would, I would rather struggle and get back up and pray and ask God for help and ask you for help and get partners around me and people around me and people that love me around me and say, I've failed, but I'm keeping going and, God, and, keep, and, and, and struggle to fight for grace and faith than to decide I'll just exchange it all for some lower standard. I think that the standard that we, we know is grace, that grace is, listen, grace is not, grace is not just a pardon. Grace is power. Some of you have taken grace and you've just taken it as a license to go to three feet and dunk all day long and high five yourself. You, you know what happens? Hear me. I've been there. Do you know what happens when you, when you lower the standard? Self-confidence. False confidence. Like, I can dunk on this all day long. I'm, I got it. Woo, I'm good. I, I get confident. It's false. It's the wrong standard. You know what else sets in? Pride. Man, I could drag you all day. Yeah, if somebody knows how to play basketball, my pride's going to get humbled if, I'm, if I only know how to play on this goal. The standard's 10 feet. And when we lower the standard, we limit our growth. When we lower the goal, we limit the growth. So I just want to encourage you right in this season coming out of COVID and, and just thinking about the standard and the goal for your life and what God's called you to fight for and struggle against. I'm going to struggle against the right standard, not the wrong standard. I don't want to lower the goal and limit the growth in my life. Hear, hear this. If faith isn't a fight for you, you're living too low. If, if, you, if something's not a, a fight for you in the area of faith, you've, you've, you've lowered it too low. And you're just dunking. And you're limiting the growth that God has in your life. Here, here's, what, here's what grace does. It puts the goal up here. It makes me get on my knees and humble myself and say, Jesus, I, I need you. I need you to do what you're going to do in my life. I'm not going to exchange it. You're my one and only. You're my one and only Lord. You're going to give me the power. I want to I pray with you. and I want to do a little declaration today. I think that grace is, is not just a pardon, guys. Thank God for the pardon. Here, here's a couple thoughts how we treat grace. Some people will treat grace as a debt that God gave you and you're trying to pay it back. And the rest of your life, you're, you're owing God. You're in the red. Interest, debt. Pay it back, pay it back, pay it back. Some people treat grace as a, as a sin credit card that an irresponsible father gave you and you just plan to go out and do whatever the hell you want and swipe the card. Yeah, I said hell. A couple people looked at each other. <laughs> Swipe it. Swipe it. How irresponsible of a dad would be to give a kid a card and just to irresponsibly swipe that thing. But grace is really just a response, a, a love response to God's action on our behalf, going, God, I need you. 
I'm never going to live up to that standard. I know I can't. But in your power and in your grace, you already see me. The point of grace is he already sees me as completing that standard. He already places me at his perfect standard. He already exchanges all my mess and junk and gunk for his perfect standard. He sees me as himself, and now I just have to bend my knee and receive how he sees me and let him work that power through my life. When I keep the right standard, listen to me, many of you, when you put the right standard, you begin to practice it 10 feet and shoot it 10-foot giants and battle it 10 feet. You know what happens? You end up getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then when you get on the actual fight, you actually realize you've got more potential and more power on the inside of you than you could have ever imagined. Because you've been battling and you've been fighting for the faith and you've been believing for miracles and believing for healing and believing for godliness and believing for your marriage. And believing God to intercede in callousness and carelessness and chaos. And, and that's what I want to declare over you, that if you would actually decide, I'm going to fight the 10-foot giants and I'm not going to exchange the faith that I've been given. I'm going to fight and battle at the right standard. You're going to get stronger. You're actually, whatever you've been avoiding, God told me first service and, well, told me before church today that someone's been struggling with callousness in their marriage. And that calluses come from when you've put in hard work, but then you begin to form a, a, a thick skin over an area to protect things because of the hard work and how painful it's been. And God told me prophetically that someone has been so callous because you've been putting in the hard work in your mind and you're, just, and you're just trying to be right and work and go and go and go, but you've formed calluses over your heart. And God says, I'm actually going to call you to combat the callousness that's inside of your marriage. That there's things that, that maybe seems so big, 10-foot giants, that you've just wanted to run back to Egypt, that you, you've been in COVID, we've been in racial tensions, we've been in divides, we're going into political season. It's like, when is everything? And you've just wanted to kind of revert back into some areas that God's calling you to combat. I, I want to encourage you as your pastor that this is a day of combat, that you can actually fight for the faith that he's given you. And it's in his strength, not your strength, that you battle. And the more you do, the stronger you're going to get. Would you make a declaration with me? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end. I just want you to declare this. Let's declare this together. I don't want to limit our growth. I don't want to lower the goal and pervert the game. You know what I mean? Come on, let's keep a pure game. Let's keep it real. Can you imagine if Steph Curry took the goal to seven feet? I just feel like playing on seven feet today. <laughs> We'd be like, what? All the teammates, all the coaches would be like, what? Seven feet. That's what we've done in culture we've done in society we've read the bible and lowered the goal to what we can hit instead of saying okay wait here's the standard here's jesus god empower us to live there would you declare this with me jesus i'm all yours holy spirit fill me lead me and guide me i surrender i contend for the faith i raise my standard to jesus I will fight 10-foot giants. I won't lower my standard. I won't go back to Egypt. I won't settle for slavery. Jesus, you are my one and only. Awesome. Come on, bow your heads with me. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for today. I thank you for a declaration. I pray that any of us that have been tempted to exchange grace or to settle or to, to take the grace you've given us and put something lewd or taking license to, to doubt or to live a certain way. God, I pray that we wouldn't live there, that we wouldn't lower this goal. We wouldn't lower the goal today. 
Lord, we declared that to you, and I pray that you would empower us to live it out, not in our own strength. Don't let anyone leave here thinking that they need to do this in their own strength. Holy Spirit, fill them, empower them. Let it, all, all we have to do is surrender. Let us know our need for you. Continue to reveal how much we need you, and let us not run back to Egypt when we see our need for you. When we see the giants that you've actually empowered us to fight and conquer, let us not turn around. Let us have 10-foot faith that fights giants. If you're in this place and you aren't surrendered to Jesus, maybe you just made that declaration, but you've never surrendered your heart to him and become a Christian, I just want to pray for you here for a second. The Bible says if you would just surrender to God, you get a fresh start in Jesus. You get a fresh start in God. That, that there's no, no religion, no rule, no church service that can make you right with God. It's through a relationship that comes through Jesus dying on that cross. If you're here this morning and you know you're not right with God, you know you need a connection back to God, you need... You need Jesus in your life and you don't, you've never surrendered. I just want to pray with you and pray for you and lead us into prayer. If that's you, if you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start in God today. Would you just slip your hand to me? Nobody's looking around right now. I just need a fresh start in my faith journey. I need to fight again and contend again. Come on, thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your honesty. Come on, thank you. Thank you for your boldness. I need a fresh start with God. Thank you for your honesty. Come on, thank you for your boldness. I see that. Come on, church, let's all pray together. Several people put their hand up, four or five people saying yes to Jesus right now and that they want to fight again. They want Christ in their life. Just pray with me. Father, I surrender to you. I give you my life today. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me new life. I surrender. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. Come on. Amen, 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 amen.